What's up guys, it's Mr. Janvet and today we're back for another episode of On The Contrary and yeah, it's pretty much Joey's fired. Uh, so if you didn't know, like me and Joey would usually do this and we discuss like pretty much metagame trends and just really Smogon related stuff mm-hmm. and then, you know, kind of sprinkle in competitive nuggets that you don't, you won't get just by watching a video. Um, but it's pretty much turned into me interviewing like people from all over the community and so um blunders next guys just to put that out there but today <laughs> you guys have been requesting cybertron is with us the vgc master himself and uh yeah go ahead say what's up to the people yeah what's good thanks for having me on excited to talk to you yeah yeah no problem and you know aaron super cool guy if you don't know vgc obviously the link will be in the description and we'll go into it but he was my first introduction into VGC um, because I remember Joey. I've been cool with Joey for Lord knows how long now. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember if initially did you feature on his channel? I feel like maybe you guys did a series together. I don't remember the exact way. But yeah, it was, I feel like it was a little bit of everything because uh, when I was getting into YouTube and, you know, starting these videos like Joey was like one of the first. Uh, you know guys that I met and he, it was so cool to me because I was like yo he's awesome like you know he's this big Pokemon YouTuber he's willing to work with me like I just started <laughs> right. out making content I mean that's that's just Joey's nature like he's just a super awesome guy super. Uh, so I owe, I owe a lot to him because definitely when I was starting out you know he was able to help my channel grow and you know it makes me happy to see him have continued success and I think we did a bunch of battles and uh, yeah he actually kicked my butt a bunch uh, earlier on I was like he should really play VGC because he'd be super good at it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know it's interesting I thought he would have gone into VGC by now considering like you know like he's he does this like that's this is his not job but like this is his love and so yeah you know I know you create a lot of content currently but I don't think this is like your main thing right yeah, know. that's correct. Uh, I, so I actually just graduated from college uh, earlier in the spring and I started my full-time job. And for anyone curious, I, I basically work as like an investment analyst for uh, an investment firm that focuses on gaming and esports investments. Uh, it's for a group called Axiomatic. Uh, and so we are invested in a bunch of big gaming companies like Epic. Uh, and their biggest investment is actually in Team Liquid, uh, a pro esports team. So. We work alongside them a lot so mm-hmm. it's a lot of interesting work we're evaluating new companies uh we're working alongside the companies we're invested in uh and i, I you know always loved gaming i got really into esports partially thanks to competitive pokemon mm-hmm. uh, and so i you know always wanted to work in the space found this opportunity and it's, it's been super super awesome so i always liked having pokemon kind of as you know a side hobby never wanted to make it like a full-time thing because uh, I, I feel like if you know we're relying on it for an income it would, it would definitely stress me out more <laughs> uh and i, I think you know uh, kind of the content that I make probably isn't the best if you're trying to make like the most amount of money. So I never wanted to think about it in terms of money and just wanted to you know make enjoyable content that could teach people uh, and educate people about the game. Which you know it's kind of interesting. I, I do want to touch on like how you even got back into the, like got into this because you know mm. obviously I know through and, and many people don't know this. I'm like so you know I know you're strictly VGC for the most part, other than like mm-hmm. I know you're in draft leagues and whatnot, but. In the Smogon space, people come to me as far as like the hyper compet, like you know those who really want the the how do you put it, like the core competitive side of Mons as far as the Smogon mm-hmm. perspective. 
And so yep. that's that's what I'm known for in this space. And so much like you, I didn't intend to to I always just enjoyed playing monster. It was more of a okay, I'm done with everything else, let's hop on the ladder and play some games kind of thing. Um and then it eventually grew into a channel and you know, following and all that. Um but because of that, it's actually very difficult for me to watch like anything Pokemon related mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, and I don't mean to be this way, but when you've studied this to a such a level, you've been to a certain pinnacle. Yeah. I'm very unintentionally critical. I'm like, wait, what is it? And so I'm like, wait, why, why is he making that play? And I just can't enjoy it because my brain can't enjoy it unless it's in a competitive lens. And so mm-hmm. funnily enough, and this started back when I remember it was around when Groudon and Kyrie, that era. Yeah. I started watching, this was maybe I was a junior in college. I just said, fuck it. And I started watching a ton of VGC. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously your channel at the time was pretty much, you kind of put me on on James Beak, but he was just kind of, I don't think he was like a daily uploader at that point. I don't know if he is anymore, but you were putting out like those content, that content every day. And so it felt I could watch VGC because I didn't get it. And so it's like, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. could feel, I could enjoy the, oh, I'm, I'm learning now as opposed to me feeling as if I get it. And it's hard for me to watch a singles player because yeah. it's like, uh, and so even to this day, I still watch on like the only Pokemon content I can watch and Joey too, if he's doing road or something serious is your VGC videos. So I just find it funny to come full circle. Even though <laughs> I have no intention of hopping into VGC, it's just the, you know, you love Pokemon and then I love competitive Pokemon. It says like, uh, where can I get that fix of feeling like the noob again or feeling at least feeling like I could learn something from watching this. And so your style reminds me a lot of how I narrate how people perceive me is very analytical and so it's mm-hmm. like very enjoyable to watch yeah I mean let me let me just say thank you man it's like humbling to hear that I really appreciate it and I think I could definitely relate very similar where for for me it's like I, I don't tune into that much other competitive Pokemon content maybe if I'm you know like trying to get into a tournament I'll see what like teams some of the other players are playing against on the ladder mm-hmm. but at, at this point it's more just uh for me, actually, a lot of what I use YouTube for is more just, like, entertainment, if anything. So right. I watch a lot of, like, non-Pokemon-related content. But, you know, I, I think that's the beauty of the franchise as well. There's so many cool content creators out there that kind of cover all kinds of different aspects of Pokemon, whether it be competitive or casual or whatnot. So I feel like there's a little bit for everyone. Uh, and, yeah, I always kind of just wanted to feel that, that kind of competitive niche. And so I know exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, so how did you... Because I know you started, like, super young. Firstly, what was your, like, how was your parent? Because you have to travel a lot, I've come to learn. Yeah, yeah. So how did you convince, or maybe they were just already on board, but how did you manage to get your parents to invest in you going and traveling and competing in all these tournaments? Did you just, you know, from jump, just you were just super good to their, like, oh, holy crap, our son is a Pokemon genius. It, <laughs> it's worth the investment because he just performed really well. Or was it like, right. uh, how did, 
because I know for particularly gaming, um, but I don't know if you being Asian has anything to play in, like, you know, because the stereotypes. <laughs> no, you're, you're completely right. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the tradi- You know, the traditional stereotypes yeah. of you need to do these things. So, like, I'm, I'm curious as to how that worked out in the way it did. And so, obviously, now, you know, on the back end, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, we always knew he'd be. But, like, they invested in and believed in this for you very early. So, like, how did you get into it and, and what was the dynamic there? Yeah, dude, that's a fantastic question, honestly. And it goes all the way back to, so like, 2007, 2008. So, I was in elementary school back then, like, fourth, fifth grade. And I got into it just by, you know, I actually started playing the card game first before the video game Mm because, you know, VGC kind of started around 2008. So I went to some like trading card game tournaments that were more local and my parents were pretty on board with it. I think like I wouldn't be here if, you know, they they weren't supportive of it from day one. So I'm super, super grateful for that. Uh, Part of the the reasoning was because I was always just like a really kind of like hyper kid growing up. Mm -hmm. And when I went to these tournaments, like it would just calm me down. I would sit down and focus for hours and they're like, I've never seen this. Like there's Ah. nothing that I can like have that effect on him. And so that naturally was like a a good kickstart. And it happened that I did like decently well uh, when I was starting out as well. And I think that's just because, you know, there were good resources. I had good people that were helping me out as well. And then so uh, when I went to my first VGC competition, it was in 2008. It was like a local tournament in New York, so it was easy to ask my you know dad to drive me there. Uh, he dropped me off for the day, and I somehow ended up getting like top four in the tournament. And back really, then, really? like Your first that one? was the first year, and it wasn't even a circuit. It was literally like two regional qualifiers. Mm-hmm. If you got top eight at them, you got to go to like what was like essentially Worlds that year, and it was just the U.S. and Japan at that tournament. Mm-hmm. So I somehow got top four at this tournament. And then I came home, I'm like, yeah, like, I got a free trip to go to Orlando, Florida for, like, a week. And they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, so well, I feel like... Sorry to yeah, cut was, you. How old were you yeah, at this point? I was 10, man. So I 10. think I just... <laughs> 9 or 10, yeah. I just graduated from uh, fifth grade. So just finished elementary school. And, uh, you know, they were on board. And, you know, it, it helps. I think I was lucky enough to have a really good support system. Yeah. They always prioritized my education. Uh, and I, you know... Grew up in, uh, you know, a na- went, went, was able to go to a really, really good uh, elementary school. It's like one of those, you know, like magnet programs. And so I mm-hmm. uh, met a lot of really smart friends that I felt like kept me motivated, had a lot of great teachers, which I think was so important in terms of like, development early on. Yeah. And so because of that, like, I think my parents weren't super concerned. They were like, look, as long as you're doing well in school, like, why not, right? We're going to let you pursue this and encourage you. Mm-hmm. And partially because, you know, I was doing a lot of other things. I tried, like... You know like swimming and chess and i was honestly really bad at those and so they were like okay he's decent at this too like why mm-hmm. not let him pursue it um and so it really just grew from there i think and i'm super super grateful to have had their support early on and i think they were for it because uh it was unique you know and i, I think uh now that i look back at it as well I'm, I'm super grateful for it because you know everyone growing up kind of does the same things you know explore the same things and back then like you know competitive gaming like who would have ever thought right right uh and but yeah my parents were on board from it from day one and i i think like yeah th- their support is like pretty much the entire reason why i've been able to do why but what i've been able to do because i started at such a young age right right and then you know there are a couple other like i guess milestone moments obviously mm-hmm. um you almost winning well when when did the i know the rodan willowis meme <laughs> will forever be alive um but well, how far along were you? Would you have been in semis after that? So I was in the semis. So I was one game away from making the finals of the World Championships and one set away from 
like if I if I advance to the finals, they're just you know two games from winning the entire thing. So three games away from a championship, basically. So had you assuming I'm not sure the details of the game, but mm. assuming you had slightly better RNG, uh, you that was the last game you needed to win to advance to the finals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was up 1-0 in the semis, uh, and then I ended up losing two in a row. So uh, definitely a little heartbreaking, especially in the way that it happened. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I look back at it, and I think, like, in the moment, I was so happy to just have even been there because I was, like, you know, that was my first year in that oldest age group, which was, like, 15 and up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, like, I had known that I was a good player. I was really confident in myself, but I think... You know, being uh, at Worlds of the first year at, at, in that age group, like, I had no idea how things were going to play out. And I think I was like, you know, if I were to just, like, make it far, I'd be really happy. Mm-hmm. Now I look back at it, and I'm like, man, that was probably, like, the closest, like, that was my best chance of winning a world championship. And, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. it was right there. Like, I had a great matchup in that semis. And uh, did I get unlucky? Like, yeah, sure. But I also, like, really played far from perfectly. And mm-hmm. I, I think, like, that's why I don't really feel that bitter about it, right? Like, my opponent did what he needed to do to win that set because, like, he had a bad matchup. And mm-hmm. so, like, I, I should have optimized the odds a little bit more. So I'm not really salty about that at all. And I, I think the finals would have still been really difficult. Like, Arash was uh, the world champion that year. He was a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. And I think the team matchup would have been really, really interesting. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I can't say like, I would have been confident in winning even if I made it to the finals that year. Right. And ultimately, I think, like, you know, while it was a little heartbreaking, uh, I was also at the moment just so happy to have made it that far, and I was, like, mm-hmm. stoked. I was like, you know, I feel like this establishes that I am really, really damn good, and I can continue to be good in this game. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, it's all these years later, like, I've done <laughs> everything I've wanted to in this game, except for win a world championship. And it's right. like, man, I should have done it that year. <laughs> right. And, and speaking of which, do you think that... I know you still half compete, you know, mm. back when um, I want to say... I wanted, was your last time really going for Worlds the Groudon Kyogre meta? So essentially ORAS? Yeah, you... so it's actually a year after. That year was when I uh, I qualified for Worlds. I like, won a regional championship. But then I like got offered to commentate for uh, Nationals and Worlds. Mm-hmm. And I actually already wanted to do commentary for a long time just because like, I felt like it was a cool way to kind of explore, uh, kind of enhance my skill set. I, I love like, you know, being able to talk about the game and... Uh, originally, I couldn't even commentate because one, they didn't have any openings for the team, but two, I wasn't even 18 at the time, so like legally, I couldn't even work for the company. Mm. Uh, but 2016, all the cards kind of came together where a bunch of the previous commentators weren't able to do it anymore, uh, and I had just turned 18, so they were like, "Yeah, why not? Like, let's ask him." Uh, and they had known I was, you know, thinking about this for a while, so I was lucky that the company kind of approached me with the opportunity, uh, and. I, I had actually been practicing for Worlds a little bit that year, but I wasn't, like, super confident in the teams that I was building. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to commentate. And uh, I would say, I mean, it was crazy because that was the year Wolfie won it all, too, right? right. He's one of my best friends, like, right. ever from, from Pokemon and just in general. And so I think it was incredible that I was able to be on the mic for that moment. But, yeah, you know, uh, 17 was, like, my last Worlds that I played in. I kind of bombed out of it, so I went 1-3. It was, like, my worst performance ever. Uh, and it was, like, th- that's when it turned into, like, a two-day event, so I didn't even make it till the second day. Whoa, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, Worlds before 2016, uh, or actually 2015, it was like that, too, I guess, where, like, uh, if you did well enough, like, top 8 or top 16 in your region, you got seeded into the second day. Uh, yeah. But if you weren't in that top, you'd have to play through, like, a first day of competition, which is actually really brutal because it's, like, there's so much more variance on the first day as well because there's just players from all these different regions. There's, mm-hmm. You can play anyone, whereas like the, the the second day is like a smaller field of like 40 to 60 people, so you mm-hmm. have like a better sense of what's coming your way. 
Um, so yeah, you know, this year I really wanted to, to take it super seriously, and so it's obviously a shame the way things played out. But obviously, there's no way we could have had really events uh, in person. Uh, and I think part of the reason why I still like know or like want to play at a high level is because like a lot of my really good friends, like Wolfie, as I mentioned, right. uh, Aaron Trailer was actually the winner of the first regional championships this year. Uh, and he's also one of my best friends. Uh, my my little brother actually, you know, got top 16 at the World Championships in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing all of that, it's like I, I feel like you know I, I I'm great friends with them. They they're great resources to train with, and I, I know I can you know uh, be at their level. And if they're able to do this well still, then I feel like you know I could still definitely perform if I put the time into it. But I, I kind of took time off in the last couple of years because I was more focused on like finishing college, uh, figuring out what career path I wanted to pursue, you know, getting good internships that led into jobs. Uh, and so I wanted to prioritize that. Uh, but now I'm, you know, working full time. I'm like, if there's more time to get back into, it's probably now. Right. Right. And you've been fairly consistent as far, fairly is downplaying it, but you know, pretty consistent as far as your upload schedule as of late. And so that's why yeah. I wondered if, you know, I knew you had left college, I believe on Twitter is where I saw it. I don't remember, mm-hmm. but, um, I knew you were out of school, but you know, with COVID and whatnot, I wasn't sure if maybe it was like just transition into YouTube, let's do this damn thing, or was it just, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. now I've just made the decision to, I'm going to, because again, as you said, it's not, and and I think if people realize how little money I make on a video, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think if people really realize like, for I, sure, for sure, like, yeah. for the recording time, rendering time, upload, like optimization, <laughs> like I am like selling my time for far less than what I could be doing if I was doing something for money, you know? Right, right. And so it, it's just hilarious, but I, I know you understand that as a, a fellow content creator. So I definitely know it's not because of this massive you know, guap that this just you're just raining money, um, and so what made you decide to be consistent? Are you rediscovering that love for it, or is it just like a wanting to give back kind of thing? Yeah, no, that's a great question, man. I, I think uh, you know this year was so fun. I think like anytime it's a brand new game, it's just a completely new meta, right? You have all these new Pokemon. Uh, Dynamax is a completely different mechanic and has changed the way the game is played as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it definitely, like, it was a combination of me not playing very much in the previous years. Like, 18, 19, I wasn't even making much YouTube content. Would still do some uploads here and there, but I definitely felt like I wasn't remotely, like, you know, a, a, a super top player you know, at, at that time because mm-hmm. I didn't really put in much time in competing either. And it was like, I would still make videos because like for people to get some insight into the format and I, I always like making videos, but mm-hmm. I also, you know, was kind of getting burnt out from everything at then. And then, uh, you know, this year came along and it was just a brand new game, brand new generation. And I was just super hyped about it. You know, I was like, yeah, it's really fun to play. Uh, and, and one thing that's cool as well is that uh, this year they've kind of had like rotating formats like every two months yeah. it's like the rules change a little bit and I feel like that adds so much to it like we just rotated to series 6 which banned like the top like 17 poke- top 10 in singles and doubles combined so like no more Cinderace, no more Togekiss, no more Incineroar, Rillaboom, Rillaboom. Yeah. And, and, and you know I, I'm a competitive player right I'll play any format you give me because like at the end of the day like I, I have to compete in these and I have to make content around it but yeah. By, by changing it up every couple of months, it just makes, like, content more fresh because I go up against, like, teams that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Crazy Pokemon that, you know, previously people hadn't been trying. Uh, so I feel like that kind of made making content a lot more fun as well, where it was like, I'm just enjoying it, you know? And if I... That's the main thing. I, if I'm not enjoying it, then I have to ask myself, like, why am I spending my time doing this? Uh, but if I'm enjoying it at the end of the day, it's really, really easy to kind of justify. And I think 
also right now you know uh, with any new year more people get into it and i for me it's like this is a great time to try to just capitalize and try to educate as many people as possible because i know this like wave if you so call it you know i, I can't ride out for forever mm-hmm. uh and you know as I kind of I've seen towards the end of previous gens, it's like by the second or third year, people just have really lost their interest in competitive play or whatnot. And so I was like, I really want to just try to capitalize off this first year of Sword and Shield. Uh, and ultimately, yeah, to answer your question, like I'm having fun with it, and I think that was like the most important thing, and I still am. And as, as soon as I'm not, I have to you know step back and reevaluate. Right, right. And actually, you know, you just made a an excellent point and something that I'm actually working on a project with uh, or working to develop um because you mentioned it's interesting because i've never heard anybody describe it in the same way i do which is a wave right and so Mm -hmm. you know to put it in perspective let's say okay the the new dlc is coming out right um and let's say that drops average time you know the usual november 17th or whatever um there'll be heavily as well because of the new things that are going to be in there you know the the trios the reggies you know, it's going to be, they're going to be a, like a massive surge of either people who were dormant, new players, all that stuff. So they're going to be a resurgence, resurgence of um, people in the community. Views will go up, da, da, da. engagement will go up. Cool. However, what I've come to realize in doing this for quite some time is the competitive scene currently is very daunting for mm-hmm. a complete complete newbie and that applies for whatever format and so let's say you wanted to learn small gun because we're we're solid in our own like spheres but i don't know any i want to say anything because i watch the videos but had it not been for me choosing to branch out and you know dip my toe in a different format i wouldn't know anything about vgc mm-hmm. you yep. know and so even for people who know Pokemon well, to do, to go into a different format is even the same. It's the same kind of feeling. So imagine somebody who doesn't yeah. know Pokemon, period. And so I'm actually currently developing um, a website that will fix all that. So um, I wrote a book with the aim of fixing that initially. And mm-hmm. so it was supposed to be making competitive Pokemon simple and like really boiling things down to to like literal like things that you don't like things that you're unconsciously competent about that you don't even know you know anymore like you don't even think about because it's like i've been doing this for so long and so sometimes as people who create content we we are not aware of what the viewer isn't aware of and so we say certain things assuming that we're being simple or straightforward not realizing they're like 20 layers before you even get to the point where you can say that 100 percent. yep and so the book's purpose was supposed to fix that and then i've learned like oh they're like 20 different levels before the person (laughs) is even ready for that yeah yeah and so it's it helped like you know hundreds of success stories on that um however as far as like just a centralized place where Boom, like Sarah B, get every Pokemon for you mm-hmm. need. I'm creating a website that, boom, every competitive Pokemon, VGC, Draft League, Smogon. I didn't even know there was a Pokemon Go competitive scene. And so 
gathering all the forms of competitive the only one is is the card game I, if i get some people willing to write for that and you know put it in and lay it out and make the videos da, 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 i'm not sure about the card world but as far as the ones that you actually you know player versus player pokemon on the field style the pokemon mm. go draft smogon vgc i want a one place where a person can literally go click Video number one, what is VGC? Video number two, da-da-da, with an article, da-da-da. Easy to follow. This is huge because I don't want when they get to the site. Sure, the information is there, but it's an absolute shit show of navigation. And so I want, yeah, like, it's like them talking, like, you know, kindergarten level of navigation. Like, you click here, it brings you there, click here. And so that's my biggest thing currently. Like, if you call that a pet, like, I'm like... I that has to happen, and so if that happens and is done well, then everybody coming in when those surges happen have a place they can go. Boom, and it walks them through in a very simplistic, easy to follow way, where it can lead that player from grassroots beginner to I'm talking world championship level as far as content. And just the progression, and that's going from VGC, that's going to Smogon, that's going to Draft League, Pokemon Go, whatever. And it's just in one place, simple, easy, all mm-hmm. that. And I think that'll really fix that kind of fiddling out that, that happens when, you know, a month goes in, a month and a half goes in, and people are like, well, you know, it was fun in the beginning, but I, yeah. keep, I keep losing, and I don't get it, and I don't know what he's talking about. And we lose like 80% of the people who come in. And so I think we can really retain maybe up to 60% of the people if there is a one-stop shop and it was simplistic. And, you know, there are a whole other assortment of things that need to be done. But I like literally that's what's being built out now. So hopefully that will fix the, you know, that, that kind of tapering off that we tend to see after every new game that you were discussing. Yeah, man. That's, this is my first time hearing of it. I'm super hyped. Like, I'm all on board. Uh, if there's any way I can help on the VGC side, let me know. And I can actually probably put you in touch with some people on the trading card game side as well if you want to incorporate that too. But that's a dope idea, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Oh, it's going to be revolutionary, dude. Trust it me. actually is, yeah, like, for sure. Like, But um, speaking of revolutionary and, and whatnot, so if, you know, to kind of touch in on, like, because I'm sure you, you're actually familiar with a side of minds that most content creators aren't and that's actually working on the commentating side so mm-hmm. you're not you're not in the seat you're like i guess on the back end is what you'd call that or really technically front end too but <laughs> actually like working with the pokemon company in a non uh, you know you're a player kind of way what was that experience like and, and were you like nervous about it were you like uh i could do this or is this just some fun thing to do and would you like do it again what's what's up what's that about yeah you know i mean I, I love commentating i'm really grateful uh let you know they hired me all these years ago and i think it's for me especially when i you know took some time off from playing it was just the perfect way to stay involved in the community uh, and, you know, go to these events, see my friends, because I love the social aspect of it. You know, I've met some really great people, mm-hmm. um, some really great friends throughout the years. I don't get to see that often. So, you know, these events at the end of the day when I'm commentating, it's so much less stress because I don't want, like, I don't know. When, when you compete, it's like, I'm just 
all I think about is, you know, trying to win, right? As a competitor, like, that's that's what your focus is. And I'm a super competitive person as well. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I wouldn't do well in an event, it would be, like, really, really tough on me. And, and towards the later years, I feel like, you know, uh, as I stopped being as involved and stopped taking us seriously, I guess that drifted away a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, what I when I was, like, I, I, and even, like, this year, my first regionals, it was at Dallas Regionals, and I was, like, so invested. I had a great so I was, like, the biggest regionals pretty much in history. And I started, like, 5-1 and one and just needed to win, like, two of the next four to move on, and I ended up only winning one. And, like, the next week, man, I was just, like, super, super sad about it. At the end of the day, it's just Pokemon, but, you know. It's, it's not just Pokemon. No, yeah, it's, it's like you, you no, invest so not. much time and effort. Yeah, no, it's and it's not. like uh, you want to win, right? Yeah. And uh, I think the other thing is, like, uh, you know, I literally one of my best friends, Aaron Troller, won that event. And I was, like, so hype. And I was like, man, I wish, like, I could have been, like, up there with him, like, mm-hmm. in the finals or something, you know. So uh, it's, like... Seeing my friends, your close friends do so well is like definitely kind of like motivation as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the, you know, a couple of days afterwards, I was like, oh man, this sucks. And I was like, oh, if I could just, if I just commentated, you know, I would come back and be like, <laughs> you know, it's a great weekend. Like, no, nothing to lose out on. Uh, so yeah, I'm really grateful that I've been able to do it. I love talking about the game and I think I'm still trying to constantly improve. I think uh, they have a great group of casters and I, I think casting Pokemon's tougher than people give it credit for. I, I think, you know, a lot of times, People love to focus on like the negatives and, and of course. You know, especially if you like look at the comments section, you're like, oh my god, like how can they make this mistake? But like of there's course. so many factors and, and you know, you know, when you narrate Pokemon as well, Come it's on. like of course. You know, exactly. Ninety nine percent. It's so funny to me. And I, I don't know. It's I just think like uh it, it's tougher than people give it credit for. And you know, I've I've tried really, really hard to like be, you know, a solid commentator. And I, I think like uh, overall, I think we have a really, really great team. I think a lot of the commentators I work with are definitely underappreciated for how good they of are. Course. I think, like, you know, I want, I hope, that, and I want the general public to know that, like, man, they're, they're like, they, they put in a lot of work, and, like, I hope that that doesn't go, you know, uh, that, that it gets credited at the end of the day. So it helps that we have such a great team. I love everyone that I get to work with. I mm-hmm. think it's a great group, and, like, you know, there's like a pool of like 10 people that ends up commentating these events, but whatever, whichever of the 10, like I always love working with. And so there's a lot of great synergy there. Um, and I think your original question was like, was I nervous? And I think, you know, my first event, probably a little bit, but it's funny because like when you're commentating, you're actually like behind the stage. So you don't even see the crowd. And like, oh, even though really? maybe since the people are watching you on Twitch, like it doesn't feel like that. So I'm actually like pretty calm. Whereas like if I'm competing and I'm on stage, like I know all these people are watching me and it gives me way more nerves. So uh, commentating, I actually have like very rarely had any nerves. Uh, oddly enough, maybe like the first game of the first day, but afterwards you like kind of you know get into the trend of things and you kind of shake it off. Yeah, I, which is actually interesting that you pointed out. Um, and I think this is important to touch on that you said it would like mess with you, right? And I think even though I know the reality of it, being a competitor myself, um, I think something I'll, I'll say about you know something that keeps me uh clicking your vgc videos as opposed to maybe other other another person then again there i don't really watch anyone else but um is your accountability and so this is something i try to cultivate i've cultivated mm-hmm. in myself but also cultivate in the people that because i have a discord group called the academy and you know this mm-hmm. the focus is Pokemon is heavily, heavily mental. Obviously, we only click the move. We don't, beyond just the strategy, it's heavily psychological. 
outside of the actual game. And yeah. so who you are as a person plays a big role in how far you go. And so if your mindset is, it could use some work, it'll impact your results in an actual Pokemon. And so for someone who is like very, you know, again, very, like after every situation, if you lose, you know, I could have played better, give my opponent credit. Like you're very good at not making excuses and you seem to be very, I mean, if you listen to almost every, like go back guys and listen to the interview starts everything with I'm grateful for I'm grateful for and so <laughs> I'm super grateful for it that's, that's like the theme of this and so it just seems like somebody who focuses heavily on the upside a lot it's somewhat surprising I'd say somewhat again just because I've competed as well but somewhat yeah. surprising how how much it negatively impacts you after the fact even though I get the preparation and you want to win when you're competitive but because on the front end, you know, in the videos and whatnot, it's just you seem to to not show a lot of negative emotion. Yeah, that it, it it's surprising. And so, what's the? Could you elaborate more on? I guess what am I trying to ask? Is it in those moments when you're feeling down? Is it like a place of regret, or is it a place of? dang, I just didn't get what I wanted. Is it a place mm-hmm. of like, I know I should be thinking in the positive way, but right now it's just hard for me and I'm human. Like, what what is the behind-the-scenes situation with that? Yeah, dude, that's, that's a fantastic question. I think, you know, first of all, it, it took me a long time to kind of like develop that. And I, I think still now, you know, sometimes I'll have some losses well, or I'll definitely like be salty at first and like not look at it from like an objective standpoint. Right. And I think... I learned this from Pokemon and then kind of applied it to real life too, where it's like, you know, sometimes there are things that are in your control that you could have done better. And sometimes like there just aren't. And I, I, I very strongly believe like kind of my philosophy towards life is just like, whatever happens, like happens. And the best way to approach it is to learn from it. If it's a good thing, that's obviously great. But if it's a bad outcome, then like figure out if any, if there's any lessons to be learned and often there is and try to improve as a person from that. And so like, I honestly think like if I didn't play Pokemon competitively for the first couple of years, it would have taken me a lot longer to come to that realization. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's helped a lot, honestly. I don't know, like I, you know, was interviewing for like a ton of internships last year and mm-hmm. like would make it to like all these like final round interviews and then wouldn't get the internship. And, you know, I was super, super upset at first. And I'd be like, is it my fault? Is it like, am I doing something wrong? Are there things out of my control that are not a factor? And I think like losing in Pokemon taught me how to view it objectively and look at, okay, what are the things I could have done better? Could I have prepared more? Did I say something wrong? Or reality was that, like, I did everything in my control and that there was just, like, nothing I could have really done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think, yeah, Tammy, answer your question, I think, you know, the reason why I do still feel kind of down when I lose these big tournaments is just because I hate losing and I love winning. Like, that's just, you know, kind of the, the <laughs> natural, like, comp- competing mindset. And right. I... I, I when I when I go into these tournaments, ideally I I'll feel confident, right? I'll feel like I I'm good enough to win this entire thing. And so yeah. to have those expectations get shot down can definitely suck. Uh, and I, don't get me wrong, like sometimes I'll lose a game at a tournament. I'll definitely feel salty at first and and be like, oh my god, like I got so unlucky or whatever. Okay. But that's why it's so important though, because afterwards you wait like an hour, or you like yeah. you know, sit down for a little bit, and you recollect, and you're like, okay, 
Did I get unlucky? Maybe, but like I definitely had some mistakes in those games. Mm -hmm. What were those mistakes? And that's why actually when I compete in tournaments, like after each round, like I'll just like find a corner, like listen to music and just like look at my notes and like not talk to people and like try to be in the zone. Because you learn a lot as you compete throughout a tournament as well, right? So if I lose, uh, I'll be like, what happened? Like, did I lose because my team choice was bad? Because if so, I'm going to have to adjust my team or, or adjust my play style throughout the tournament mm -hmm. to make up for the lackluster team. Or did I lose because my team is good and I just did not execute it properly? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I think people underestimate, like, learning throughout the course of a tournament, and I try to do that as much as possible as well. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, like, I, I just hate losing. And I hate knowing that I'm performing under my expectations when I know, like, what I could be. Okay. So it's like, if I feel like I'm only at, like, 50 to 60% of that, uh, then it's frustrating. And it's, it's a bunch of different things. I think my main takeaway from that last tournament I went to was that, like, I didn't have enough mental stamina for the day. Uh, it was the first time we had, like, 10 rounds in a, in a, in a one-day tournament, or a two-day tournament, 10 rounds on the first day. Uh, that was something I'd never been prepared for. I'd played nine at most before. Mm -hmm. And so even though I had such a good start, I just, like, did not have the energy to carry through for those last couple of rounds. And I think that was something like... I think yeah, if we had more tournaments this year, I would have tried to improve factors outside of the game so that my mental game was good, you know, in the later hours of the day. It's not something I had given much thought to before, right. but this year was something where I was like, this is a new aspect of my game that I need to improve on. Right. And, you know, we were talking about the, the things outside of minds that can... That's not something I would have thought about because in the Smogon style, it's rare in a major tournament you'd have like a finite amount of time in the sense of we have one day, we're all here and we're in person. It's more, you know, mm -hmm. again, over showdown or something. And so you have that time to, okay, let's dedicate an hour or so of whatever and we're going to get this battle done, this best of three or and and that's another factor with VGC's best of three, and so, you know, it's rare in Smogon that it's like you play a same person with the yeah. same team multiple. Like that's not really a thing. It's more maybe it's a best of three, but you choose a different team every time, um, and so that that can be even it can have its upside because you know your team so well, but at the same time you have to now after the first game it's like okay cool. But the second and third game, in, you know, it's in Mons. How do I put this? In Mons, it's it's you know, ideal. The ideal situation is you playing in a way where mm -hmm. you give your opponent as little room and give the game as little room for luck as possible. But you yeah. like yeah. execute in a way where you give the highest probability of winning. So, you know, you could make that sick read, but. Risk versus reward wise, it's probably not. If, if that does not work, you know you're gonna kick yourself. It, it's like, <laughs> it's like if it if you do the safe play that you know ninety percent of the time grants you value, and it doesn't work, you know you might ah damn I hate that I lost, but you have far less regret than you trying to make some wild prediction that bites you and you lose the set and you're like why the hell didn't I just? And so, I say that to say like okay well. If if that's the ideal way to play Mons with VGC, it seems as if the second game, that gets skewed a bit because now you're predicting your opponent to predict. And that's not really in your control, which is a thing in Mons people kind of... Like, it's skill to a point, and then it's kind of like gut to a point. And mm -hmm. it's like... You know, I did this last time, so I'm expecting him to expect. 
which isn't something in your control. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of a skill, but it's kind of guessing at the same time. And it, it skews it. And then that third game, the opponent might be in a frame of mind where he's like, screw it, I'm going to take all the risks necessary because right. I feel like yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's a super safe player. And now you have to account for him thinking you're safe and now you're not being safe. And it's, <laughs> it becomes this whole vortex, which, which makes it fun. But I definitely can understand that it's, it's not just the most skilled player, not to take away from who wins, but there are several different factors that go into who win a best of three. You know, accounting for hacks, keeping your cool one, you get like all these things. But that's what makes it fun at the end of the day, too. That's why we don't quit this game earlier than we do. Those RNGs be keeping us coming back as, as much as we hate them in the moment. Yeah, um, no, it, that, that's exactly it. I mean, it's, it's really interesting, right? Because I think like, this is a game where anyone can beat anyone and it's really rare to find a competitive game like that where someone of what might be considered like substantially lower skill level can defeat someone way higher for example if i play someone in chess i'm never going to beat them like there's just pretty much no way unless they literally throw on purpose right mm -hmm. so in pokemon it's like you already have the rng factor team matchups are so important as well and mm -hmm. i think that is something that is huge in vgc mm -hmm. a part of what made vgc easier i feel like back in the days was just that like a lot of people just didn't have solid teams. If you had a fundamental team, like even just like good EVs and IVs, like people didn't even know about those back in the day, right? Uh. So back then it was like a lot freer than it is now, where nowadays you go into any tournament and every round you're going to be going up against like fully trained competitive teams, often like uh, built by top players who have posted it online. They're just way more resources now, so that it's a lot easier to get into, which is good. I like I'm all for that, mm -hmm. um, but it makes the game generally, you know, like tournaments harder than they used good. to be. Which, yeah. yeah, that's what we want to see, right? right. But I think it's interesting because even though you have this variance and anyone can beat anyone, like, pretty much every tournament winner I've seen, like, I've been like, yeah, like, they are freaking amazing. And, like, they, they, they won this tournament for a reason, yeah. right? Uh, and if you want to win a tournament in this game, like, you undoubtedly will need to have some luck. Even if that's luck, the luck is just, like, not missing your attacks, right? Mm -hmm. Like, hitting all your 90% attacks throughout the course of a tournament, running into good matchups. Uh, avoiding like the the tough opponents that you know you don't want to play. Mm -hmm. I, every every you know top tournament run, I, there's definitely some of that involved. But at the end of the day, like the top winners are there for a reason. Like maybe mm -hmm. they got lucky in a specific set. And I, this is why it really irks me when like you know people view a tournament solely from like the final set, for example, right? Where like oh someone gets crushed in the finals or someone gets really lucky and they're like oh this person like how do they win? They how do they get this it, part? Right? Like, yeah, but it's like you didn't see the rest of their tournament run, man. Like they definitely. <laughs> Like, you know, it's it's really tough to, like, make it into these, like, top 8s or top 16s of these tournaments. Yeah. So I think, like, uh, you know, the, the luck is both a good thing and a bad thing. I do think they've taken away a lot of, like, big RNG factors to make it, like, more competitive. Mm -hmm. I think Freeze is still completely broken. Stupid. I do not know. <laughs> it's dumb. It's just straight up dumb. <laughs> and they're, like, some other small things that would change, like, Rock Slide Flinch Chancing is just still, like, kind of nuts. It's, yeah, it's not used as much now, but, like, when Landers and Garchomp were spamming, it was crazy. And they're coming back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's stuff like that. But but for the most part, I think it's at least a healthier state than where it used to be. Uh, Ally Switch is actually like one thing in VGC, which is I was just like, I don't know why they needed to give this move to like every Pokemon. Like it does not need to exist. Why, so. why is that? Uh, well, I've watched some videos and but mm -hmm. was it not in the game before? Where? What? How does that? Because I don't recall seeing it as much. But now it's like priority. And it, was that always how it was? What's the deal with Ally Switch? Yeah, I think they just gave it to a lot more Pokemon. Uh, like, 
before the move pool, like the number of Pokemon I got, it was just way less. And now it's like you have all these random Pokemon. Plus in a Dynamax format, if you like whiff a max move uh, into like the non-Dynamax Pokemon, it's really bad. Uh, and they, they just gave some like stupid strong Pokemon. In. Like Dustlops having Ally Switch is nuts, right? Because it's like already one of the bulkiest Pokemon, mm -hmm. uh, similar to Porygon too. Uh, and it's like because of the ghost typing, you know, you could, you might whiff some attacks that you know otherwise would be super super good into the opposing slot. So, I, one of the reasons why players aren't the biggest fan of it is because it's not like Follow Me, where like only a very small set of Pokemon get it, and you know it's coming, and you know uh... it's getting directed into that slot. Ally Switch is like a coin toss, where it's like, do they go for it? Do they not go for it? If they don't go for it, and I'm wrong, it's not even like I get guaranteed damage into the opposing slot if they're like immune to it, for example. Right. Whereas Follow like. With Follow Me or uh, Rage Powder, it's literally just like Amoongus, Togekiss, maybe Volcarona, for example, Indeedee. It's a very small subset, and you know if you see that Pokemon, mm -hmm. it's exactly it's coming. Whereas Ally Switch, like, some Pokemon have it more frequently than not, like Dusclops, I would maybe think has it more often. But then you can throw it on random Pokemon that don't even use it that often, like Dragapult, Porygon. Uh, you know, some of these aren't even allowed in the format currently, but like just the last couple months, for example, mm -hmm. uh, Rotom. And it's just like, that's it, it can be frustrating to play against, but... It's funny because, you know, when I make my YouTube video, sometimes the team will have it. And if you have it, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use every tool at my disposal to win. <laughs> right. But it, it is one of those moves where, like, I, it can be really frustrating to play against. And, like, I, I feel like there wasn't a need for that many Pokemon to learn it this generation. It's, yeah, like, it's funny to see the, like, certain things are just completely irrelevant in singles. Ally Switch, for example. And yeah. So we don't think yeah. about allies ever. And so it's like, it's funny how fake out and I, I think that's mm -hmm. what's so fascinating about watching your vids is like, I'm like fake out the feeling of like, what the hell rage powder? <laughs> yeah. Why is, why are there no stealth rocks? And you, th yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it takes you out of what you think, you know, right. And, and just bring, you don't know jack shit, bro. Like, <laughs> like there's protect and they're just, it's just like a whole different environment and you're in dra mm -hmm. draft league. Um, uh, tournaments currently and so like even in doing draft leagues and yeah. singles you know i'm sure that was like a thing where you're like hold up you know there's a slight mindset shift here i can't protect like what mm -hmm. is uh, no go ahead completely i uh i think it was maybe it was the wbe last season where i i i was like last pick so i had pretty bad picks anyway but i had like cartana as like my top tier pick mm -hmm. and i was like oh this pokemon could be so good like in vgc it has a partner as well its base stats are insane and it was just like so awful because like <laughs> it was basically like a coin flip if i like read their switch i would win and if i didn't i would just lose and it was like everything at hidden power fire back in last right. gen too in the draft league format i was like whoa this is like a weird adjustment where it's like it's pokemon even though it's super frail like you have something to partner it up with in bgc but in singles it's literally kind of feels like a, a coin flip at least how i was using it which was definitely not like the best way but yeah i know a lot of the games like that's what it felt like where i was like man if i read this switch and i get the ko that's just gg because i get the beast boost and it's over but if i call it incorrectly they're probably just going to knock me out. So uh, I, I think like that I did pretty bad in that season and it was a good way for me to learn like how to make adjustments in singles. And I, I you know, draft league was really, I like got into it because I wanted to learn singles a little bit at least and uh, kind of, you know, find a, a, a different, and it was, it was like fun to play as well. Yeah. Right. Because it's like what you say with VGC where it's like, you're, you feel like you're brand new to this. You, you're getting your, you know, butt kicked over yeah. and over again, but it's also fun because you're learning every time you lose like a, a substantial amount, you know, with every game, like, I could feel that I was like slightly improving as a player. Whereas VGC, like, there's some small things I can like point out my mistakes, but I'm not sure if I'm like marginally improving, you know, yeah. uh, with each match that I play. It, it might be like a, you know, I could have played that particular game better, but it's more from a right. viewpoint of 
I exactly. know what I should have done and I didn't do it rather than, oh, man, I you know, some profound insight just hit me that I didn't know prior to that game kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, no, that's like super dope, man, because, you know, currently I know. Are, are you in that um, draft league with Duncan, Wolfie, A-Drive? Yeah, so yeah, the VG side of it I'm on. Uh, It's been fun. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun because draft league and VG is really interesting because I would actually say this league has kind of taught me a little bit about like team building philosophies and like, you know, how to properly build the team in VGC. Uh, Team building is just such an art in this game. And I think that like, even though I've been playing for like a decade, I'm still like far from being like uh, an incredible team builder. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think like this league's been really fun. Uh, You know, I've been enjoying a lot and I I think... uh, Overall, yeah, learning a lot about how like certain Pokemon kind of synergize with each other as well, which is like so important in like a VGC draft league specifically. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. That's actually something that I didn't consider. Well, I've been aware of it, but something I didn't consider. VGC isn't like singles in the sense that so if you play a singles tournament like a high level Smogon variant, um, you don't have to know how to team build. Where I feel like in VGC, <laughs> you do. Which is actually, I think the people would have always been like, "Jam, you crushing VGC, bro." Da, da 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 But the highest one, it's just the time investment that you know. I have other things I do. I'm not a full time content creator by any means or anything like that. And mm-hmm. so, it is just like what you're describing. You know, something I just have a passion for teaching. Blah blah blah. And so, even in the website, it's just my view on things is like, if something is in me to do like if that that idea that desire kind of just i don't say randomly but it emerged recently and much like the book initially i was trying to quit pokemon like i was like okay you know graduated college um okay i'm gonna leave but i knew i needed to find a way to give all what i like all i've learned because you know the things i knew and knew how to do no one else indie game knew how to like at all Mm -hmm. talking even at the highest peaks of where i play no one knew how to and so i'm like how could i give this to because i feel i'd have regret if i left the game and i didn't give all there was to know to those coming up because that's what my channel became synonymous with education i didn't try to make it like that but i guess my narration style lended more to education so people People say, oh, I can learn more from you than because you speak out your thought process, blah, blah, blah. And so, like, how can I... I was watching another video completely unrelated to mine. book came about. I'm like, I'll write a damn book. And I wrote one. And I actually had, had sent one to you. This is, like, my first one. I remember that, actually, yeah. Uh, I, I read a bit of it, but I never finished it. So now I got it after this. <laughs> well, that one sucked. Like, that was the like my first. Oh, it's a different book. Yeah, like, this is. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that. Holy, okay. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, my, I'm like, okay, I'm going to quit. Let me sit down. Never written a, you know, like, who thinks how I'm mm. going to write a book? Like, that's just not, you know, in Pokemon, by all means, like, how do you even begin this? And so I was the first ever to attempt something like that. And so there was no, like, I'm just figuring it out. I've maybe been 20 or 21 at the time and just fumbling around. But I knew what I wanted to have happen. And so the first version, the concepts were there, but I didn't, again, account for how much I knew that I don't know I know and how much the person reading doesn't know. And 
I and this speaking of like not wanting to lose for months, dude. For months, because I'd get people. You know, I thought it'd be good, but like, just it just didn't have that thing. And mm. I was not trying to hear that at all, because I'm like, <laughs> I took <laughs> like Dan, I took like seven months to write that. So like, when you put all your time, you're just the idea of it being a failure. Yeah, I know. Yep, <laughs> it's just too hard of a pill to swallow, mm. especially back then where I didn't, I wasn't as refined as you said. Pokemon teaches you to be more objective about things and it's like I, I is eating me in the back of my head I'm like I, you know I know it could have been better but my only other option is to take it out like take it off take it out of the you know off Amazon where it was at the time or I have to mm-hmm. rewrite it and I'm like it took me seven months to write that thing but you know in the original thing that we were talking about to begin with I yeah. can't leave if I feel like when I leave, I'll be regretful. I'm like, ah, I could have been done better. And so it wouldn't stop bugging me. And so I couldn't promote it with any integrity. So I just took it. I'd never promoted it, but people would Google it and find it. And like, so one or two copies and it would keep being there. I didn't take it off, but I'm like, ah, I know I should rewrite this thing, but that would mean I'd have to rip the entire thing apart. And like restudy somebody who's from the beginner level, and so it wouldn't stop bothering me until I did. And literally approach this from a completely different perspective. And I, I literally go on showdown and talk to people that are 1100 players, like completely random people, have whole conversations. Yeah. What do you think about when you started? Like literal, like for months, and like ripped it apart put concepts here took that out okay put action steps blah 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 blah. and so when the final manuscript and the principles came about completely different but like night and day just incredible at this point from my perspective but i'm like i'm not about to make the same mistake i made the first time Mm -hmm. and so i had to get people so i'd like literally make youtube series where i get people from 1100 and if these principles work they should get to a high point in a short period of time and so i did that several times um and so i'm like okay this guy got from the equivalent of 1100 to 1700 in like two weeks okay and it's just from doing what i said in the book okay, let's try it again let's try it again let's try it again and so that's when i got to the point the one that that's out now that's the one that's been getting people results and i have not received one negative comment ever out of hundreds you, of you people. love to see it dude you love to see it that's incredible i'm proud to you congratulations that's incredible and so like appreciate that by the way and so like completely disregard the one that please don't read <laughs> I, I actually took I'll check out the new one now check out the new one <laughs> i actually took it down because i'm like uh, I, don't, I really don't want this to be public anymore yeah uh, for sure i, I get it i get it <laughs> but uh um, yeah, I was just like, hey, take one for free. Because I, I wanted another person's perspective that was good but doesn't know singles to see, like, okay, is this. And so I actually want to do that for VGC, mm-hmm. but I don't know VGC. So I, I'm going to work with, I don't know, whoever. I know Wolf, I had spoken to him as well, um, and he said he wanted to write a book at some point. That was around the time I had mailed, um, I had sent you one too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that's a possible thing, like I'd like to have, since VDC has a bigger, like, audience, I guess, it's just more 
it's, it's Pokemon company sponsored. Like it's it's the main thing. I think mm-hmm. that if we could create like a manual similar to the small gun one where literally like step by step boom 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 and somebody could just get that and get all the information in one place and then ah uh, like oh yeah I read you know the VGC book and yeah now I'm at Worlds um it, like like you know like that would just be insane yeah. um and so but but that's just my my little rant on that so yeah everybody listening um my first book, if you didn't know about it, actually gave Cybertron a copy. Thankfully, you didn't read it because it was <laughs> trash. Uh, that makes you feel a little better now. <laughs> I mean, felt bad for I, not having. I, I didn't. <laughs> I, it was. I was indifferent to it anyway. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like looking back, kind of thing. It's like when you look back at a battle, you could have. You're like, ah, like how did I lose that? How did I make that misplay? Yeah. So it, it was one of those things. I feel that for sure. <laughs> but nah. Um But yeah, uh I guess we could wrap it up here. It's about an hour in. Um and and by the way, guys, literally how these cuz I had Fufu, are you familiar with Fufu? I am, yeah. Yeah. I had Fufu on last time in BKC. I don't know if you know BKC from the singles world. Yeah, yeah. Um he writes for False Swipe. And so right Yeah, that's right. Randomly added them on um the previous two episodes and so literally was on twitter i was like because i hit up wolfie but i he he um i haven't heard back from him yet and i'm like like i, I need to i'm like i'm tripping <laughs> and so i just like <laughs> i saw you like like a tweet or something i'm like what am i doing and so that's when i and this is how this he literally like within a few minutes was like oh yeah sure thing dude and so you know, it was super dope to see the the integrity flow through. You know, who he is has been the same through and through since I've interacted with Aaron, Aaron, Aaron the the few times that I have, and so you know, that was really dope to see. And and dude, thank you for coming out. And and you know, my audience has been been waiting for this for a while, so thank you a lot. Like seriously. Nah, that's the least I could do, man. Really appreciate uh, talking to you. I, I thought always, I think one always fun thing too is, mm-hmm. you know, the mark of a good interview or a podcast is when whoever's asking the questions has really good questions. And I thought your questions were awesome. Like it was, it's really fun to talk about that kind of stuff. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of the times people view, especially like, you know, Pokemon content creators, you pretty much know everything about them Pokemon wise, but, you know, not much about them outside of Pokemon. Uh, and you know that's fine some creators like choose for that to be the case specifically but I I do think like Pokemon blends very often into like who I am as a person like where I am like today Mm -hmm. because of it Uh, like I I think like getting accepted into like university and getting getting into like the jobs that I had like Pokemon was actually always like my number one talking point it would be less about like oh I did exit Y and Z in it but more about like what I learned and you know like achieved from the process Uh, and I, I think like you know, you. I think you. You. You very much have a similar kind of understanding slash grasp of like how the game has taught you outside oh, of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think that's really pivotal because I. It's fine. Like it's. Uh-huh. It's not like everyone plays games to learn stuff about life, right? Like I. I, I play a ton of like League of Legends just for fun because it's do like you? a nice way to just, like. I do. To this yeah, day, yeah. Too? Uh, what's up? To this day. Yeah, yeah. I uh, actually. So it's funny. I started playing League because uh, my Pokemon friends were all playing. I was like, "Well, this is dope. Like, I want to play with them." Yeah. So. 
I like was like, okay, I need to get like somewhat to their level ASAP. So I, I like picked one champion, the first champion I got a kill on. It was a champion called Carpus, and I was like, I'm just gonna spam this guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm like, I got decent with him. I've like played so many games with him, and I still to this day like barely play anyone else. Mm -hmm. But it's funny because like right as I got into it, all my Pokemon friends were like, Nah, I'm quitting this game. <laughs> so I was just stuck by myself playing it. But my college friends were in it, into it, so we used to play all the time together, and so that was fun. Um, but you know, when I played that game, it's funny because. Sometimes I sit down and I'm like, man, like, I feel like for how many games I played, I really should be, like, a slightly better player, especially because I played, like, I mastered this, like, one champion. I feel like I, I clearly should be at a higher level. Yeah. Um, but then I'm also like, I'm not playing to improve. I play just to, you know, have de-stress at the end of the day. Sometimes it stresses me more <laughs> because <laughs> it's, like, a team-based game. But at the end of the day, it's just, like, a nice way to, like, you know, do something, like, kind of uh, chill out for a little bit or, or have some kind of, like, competition but not, like, care that much about it. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, I know, uh, like, if I wanted to take the next steps and, like, actually be a better player, I know, like, what to do and how to improve as a player, but I actively like, choose not to do that because, like, I don't care enough, right? I just want to play games and, like, have some fun. So it's not like you need to approach, like, Pokemon like that if you're not interested. But for me, at least, like, it wasn't what I intended it for it to be, but just because I had played it for so long, it kind of naturally, like, morphed into that. Yeah. And actually, you know, I know we tried to wrap up, but the you mentioned Pokemon being pivotal towards, like, I guess your career path because i actually didn't know you i did one i didn't know investment firms existed directed toward towards like esports which i think is a smart maneuver um primarily because i think esports is not just a fad much like people thought the, <laughs> the internet was a fad but uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um and so that's actually just I, I think it's super cool like joey for example like when i see joey being like a damn content creator for poker like you know like 10 years ago you say some shit like that it's like what the hell you know <laughs> yeah yeah and so it, i think it's super cool to see I, i'm not again the biggest content creator myself but like twitch being a thing people like literally like or twitch people i i didn't know like i'm still learning this online world because you know like I'm actually quite new to being online regularly, discords and all this stuff. Still very new. Yeah. And so it's like, you mean to tell me there's an investment firm targeted at esports? Like, you know, what what is that like? And 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 like, why did you even say yes or apply? Because that's like, again, that's unprecedented territory. Yeah. No, it it really is, and there there aren't that many firms that are you know specific towards just looking at the gaming and the esports space you know a lot of big venture capital funds and investment firms will invest in tech and gaming but not specifically in gaming so um, there are a couple of others you know that are out there that work in the similar spaces as we do but i uh, you know i throughout college i didn't know what i wanted to do i was considering a lot of just like traditional career paths that you know a lot of my friends ended up going into whether it be like uh, investment banking or consulting uh and you know, I thought about that pretty heavily, but I was always like, man, like, if there's one thing, another thing I learned from Pokemon, it's like, man, if you're able to find something that you love and you can make money off of it, like, that's like the dopest combination possible. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, I'd be great if I could find a job that I was like super passionate about and was, you know, have fun, you know, doing. Uh, and so I kind of stumbled upon this opportunity actually because, uh, you know, two of the employees actually went to one of my colleges. And so they were looking for an intern a few summers ago or a few springs ago. Uh, and I kind of just applied because I was like, hey, I'm into gaming. I'm into the space. I've had some, you know, previous work like in more like finance investment roles. 
uh, and kind of all the pieces just came together. So definitely was like super lucky to be at the right time at the right place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a really interesting space. Like, I feel like I'm learning every day and I'm, you know, like when I, my research is on like gaming and esports and technology companies. And I think that stuff is just like super appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it was, you know, it was, I just, I never had a plan uh, per se for like what specific role I was going to do after college, but kind of all the pieces came together where, you know, they were uh, willing to offer me a role and I was super, super happy about that. So yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's been a blast. I started a couple of months ago uh, and I'm actually going to be going back to school in like two years uh, to, to, to get an MBA, but that's like later down on the road. Uh, so for now, I'm, you know, just enjoying my time here and learning as much as possible. Wait, so you just... Uh, graduated undergrad so you only yeah yeah so I, I did like a five-year undergrad program oh, okay. uh, it was like you get two degrees between two different schools so I wrapped that up uh, and then I, I got into business school early so now I'm basically working for a couple years before going so what is your end game then so if because it sounds like <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> it sounds like you're already in a space that you're game, yeah right. yeah yeah it's, it's funny I, I got super lucky like finding the role that I'm in right now too because I think you know for a lot of people, it's like you work for a couple of years, you get that experience, and then you kind of like you know take that next step. And I was just at, once again like at the right time, at the right place. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I, I've thought about it, and I think it'd be like super cool to be like you know C-suite of like a big esports team or or run esports for one of like the big game publishers or you know be high up in those. But yeah. I, I think I'm you know really open to anything, and right, you know I haven't even thought about that too much because I like really enjoy the role that I'm at right now. Uh, and I think it's a great company and they're doing some really interesting work, so we'll see. But, uh, you know, I'm just keeping my options open. One of the reasons why I, you know, wanted to hedge my bets and actually uh, potentially, you know, go to business school after graduating yeah. a few years down the road was because I was like, I don't know, you know, where esports will yeah. be in a couple of years. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's like a super kind of sexy, appealing yeah. space, but you still never know, right? And I, I did, a, I had a more traditional, uh, like, uh, job slash internship last summer where I was working in like strategy consulting and I, I was like that's really cool it's, it's really fun I enjoyed the work I was doing that will always be there as well mm-hmm. um, so I was like if if like in the very small off chance I decide hey I don't want to work in esports anymore well the best way to like go back into a traditional role is probably to just go back to school and then you know go from there so that's that was kind of my mindset uh, yeah. but I think all the pieces kind of came together so I'm really really happy to be where I am and I think it's uh it's definitely a combination of like being at the right time at the right place, but also kind of the results of like the work that I've put in the last couple of years. So if anything, I guess it's like validation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's like there's always more to learn, always more to kind of improve on and like, yeah, just try to take away as much as possible from it all. No, 100 percent, dude. Like it's, you know, with the way I think of esports, um, the website, because, you know, obviously I don't have the capital to build it like the way the way I want to. It'll come. And so I have <clears throat> teams of people writing for each, you know, Pokemon Go, creating the videos, da, da da da, building the website out, and like so there are droves of people who are committed to this mission, which mm-hmm. is like amazing. I I am super, like grateful. I feel like it's like lowballing the the level of gratitude I have um, for what they do and do for the community. Um, but it's you know the way I look at it is like well you know esports is in a place right now where again it's kind of untrodden territory and so you know imagine a 200 years ago when basketball i don't know if that's when it was invented maybe it's older than that um 
But like the first guy to play bat, you know what I mean, or the first yeah <laughs> assemblies of basketball teams, and you know, like some kid told his mom that he's gonna be a basketball player for you know what I mean, like the really really early parts of sports, and so you know it's like what the hell you're gonna be you better go get a job you know what I mean that that probably was the attitude you're gonna be a basketball player. Right, right. <laughs> and so I think with esports, if we learned anything from the past and just really open our eyes, it's very feasible for that to be the case. Um, obviously, there's the factor of, you know, basketball is pretty much the same game, like forever. And so, whereas esports, the game mm-hmm. isn't the same for, like, you know, that's a variable, but uh, that could be an upside, if anything. Um, but like the fact that the NBA is such a juggernaut now, the the NFL, like I don't know if you're a soccer fan, Champions League, the the mm-hmm, Premier mm-hmm. Leagues, all yep. these leagues are like like if you if your parent sees sometimes parents raise their kids to be athletes, like you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. move from state to state when uh, however long ago when this was in its infancy, they'd be like, are you kidding me? get a job or go be a lawyer or be an engineer <laughs> yeah, yeah. like now not it's like you could be a twitch streamer and make you know so much more it's uh it's it's also i think you know uh, the, the counterpoint to that is that it's like it seems really glamorous but only like it's similar to athletes such a small selective group of people you know make it that far right mm-hmm. like uh and i i think uh it can be so I, I definitely empathize with those that, like, you know, no. uh, put in the work, put in the time, but feel like they're not seeing, like, you know, the, the fruit of their labor is going to pay off. Because uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, there are only so many, like, ninjas of the world, right? right. Or even, even like, uh, you know, it's awesome that, like, Joey and Wolfie are able to do Pokemon stuff full time. Like, right. it's, uh, you have to, you know, put in the work. You have to be at the right time at the right place. You have to be smart about it as well. It's a combination of, like, hard work, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being surrounded with the right people and also getting a little bit lucky as well. I mean, oh, yeah. But you, you kind of make your own luck at the end of the day, right? And I, I think, like, uh, if anything, I don't know. I, I just think that it's, it's like, definitely can be a super glamorous lifestyle, but it's also, like, you, you have to put in a lot of effort to get there in the first place. And I think people uh, sometimes kind of discount that or maybe discredit that more than uh, they, they really should. Uh, absolutely. I think the, the, as you put it, the sexiness of being oh i'm playing video games and getting paid millions or getting paid thousands or you know there is a there is again a sexiness to it on the front end just like i think there is with the idea of being you know cristiano ronaldo or something um but the back end is to be at an elite level at anything is no joke like you Mm -hmm. thinking about that thing all the time you're like practicing all the time you're like oh god is my opponent practicing he's probably practicing right now let me get back on the game (laughs) (laughs) and you're like you know you're going hard and so it consumes like to be to that level it it consumes you which which if you love it that's fine but like you know i think with esports in comparison to other things i think people may be a little more realistic it's like okay i'm not you know I'm not Cristiano Ronaldo. Let's this. Let's right, right. But I think in the infancy at the moment, anybody feels like they can be ninja, which I guess it, it's not like, I don't know how true that is or isn't. Um, but it just seems far more achievable 
for the streaming thing to happen or mm. or the esports thing to oh I want to be the next zero or you know whatever it, like it seems like hey they're not that different from me I can do that and then two months in oh crap I don't have the work ethic this is a lot harder I have to lose a ton of tournaments and and, and then the reality sets in of oh this is what it's actually like you know <laughs> yeah no definitely uh, I think you know. Uh, if if you're lucky enough to be uh, either like one of those content creators that's highly viewed, or just you know a very competitive player that's able to do well in these competitions, like it's it's great, right? Like I mean, it's awesome, and so so many people would want to be in that position. So uh, also not to downplay that, because at the end of the day, it's it's super cool. Like like you said, you know, a decade ago, like most people would have shrugged it off, and now like it's slowly becoming like more accepted and more mainstream, and I think that's awesome, because mm-hmm. uh, that definitely wasn't the case, you know, when like a decade ago when like i was growing up and so that makes me super happy to see and i I think you know it's just this new wave of entertainment and it's just i mean the whole world's obviously evolving and part of it is just kind of this the gaming phenomenon gaming's obviously always been around competitive gaming even esports has been around for a while but only now i think are people paying a lot more attention to in the mainstream uh is like paying more attention to it as well right right so as far as the final thing where do you think where one, where is Cybertron? I'm gonna use Cybertron because I think of you as Cybertron. Uh, <laughs> Aaron second, Cybertron first. Where the Cybertron, or, or I guess Aaron as well, outside of Mons because it might not be in Mons. Where do you see this going? You know, for you, Mons, Pokemon, um, and then where do you feel like as a whole, Pokemon could be headed to? You know, five years down the line, or. Yeah, we'll stick to Pokemon since it's a Pokemon podcast. Um, where do you see sure. that world going to content creation, all these things, competitive? Uh, it's That's a great question. I, I think, like, even though the VGC circuit's been around for, like, over a decade, it still feels like it's kind of just in its, like, infancy where there's, like, so much room for it to grow. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I really think, like, at the end of the day, like, it's, this, it's, like, a really fun game, and, like, there's, there's like, a bunch of things that, like, from the developing side like they need to optimize to make it like continue to be a fun game whether it be like you know get rid of some of the factors that seem unfair or, or you know more rng reliant stuff and they've been slowly doing that so that's good dynamax has been kind of like a controversial thing but i i you know i think like continuing to innovate with factors like that keep people coming back for you know the next generations mm-hmm. and overall i i think you know uh it's a great time for more content creators to get in the space i i, I think that like it's only going to get bigger as the time goes on. I'm sad because this year was going to be such a big year for it. Like, Worlds this year would have been insane if it happened, mm-hmm. but obviously it couldn't have. But uh, to me, I still feel like there's a lot more room for, for the you know space to grow. And it's like, uh, the fact that you could actually, like, do VGC full-time, granted, that's, that's like, Wolfie's pretty much the only one that does that, but, like, as a combination of, like, making content uh, and streaming, uh, which is a result of, you know, came from his success in VGC that he used that and built, you know, used it to build off his channel. Right. I think it's awesome. It's not something I would have ever imagined like five, ten years ago, you know, so uh, I, I expect this still in the future to always be a game that, maybe not always, but uh, for the most part to be a game that, like, people will play more as a side thing as opposed to, like, making it their full-time career. Mm-hmm. I, I want that to be the case because I think, like, it's healthier for everyone where when you're not, like, you know, your livelihood isn't dependent on it but i do think the scene will continue to grow i think we'll like you know continue to see more people get into it and 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 the main thing is to get those people like to retain those people right it's kind of what you were talking about earlier with the website like Mm 
uh, I, I and part of the reason why I wanted to like start making content was because I like, was like I want people to get into it, but I also want them to like continue and try to get better as opposed to just like trying it out for a week and leaving. Right. And if they don't like it, it's totally fair as well, right? Like not everyone's gonna like it, but uh, ideally, you know, like we're at a point where like tournaments are at a healthy amount. There are tons of people going. Uh, you know, streams are really enjoyable to watch. There are good storylines. The formats are fun, right. uh, and I, I think a lot all of that's doable, right? Like. World's always this kind of like a barometer to me where it's like clearly people will tune into it, but people don't know enough about the game. Right. Like you said, people don't even know competitive Pokemon exists, right? And and I think what maybe content creators uh, need to do a little bit better, me included, is kind of just like kind of dispel some of the myths that exist about competitive Pokemon and VGC specifically, where it's like so many people, especially like people that don't know anything about the game, like are just like, oh my god, everyone uses the same Pokemon, it's all locked, like there's no strategy involved, mm -hmm. like why would anyone even watch this stuff? When in reality, it's actually a much deeper competitive game than people give it oh, credit yeah. for. And there's actually, even team building itself is like a beautiful like intricacy that like I think is like, you know, uh, kind of underappreciated. So I don't know, to me, it's like uh, one, drawing in more people in general and then educating those people as well so that they don't have like misguided mindsets. Mm -hmm. And then for those that want to continue and stick along, that's awesome. You know, try to get them involved more, uh, more so. Uh, and yeah, you know, I think like, we have a good tournament circuit. There's always ways to improve it, but overall, I want to just see it become more, maybe maybe more accessible as well, where it feels like now, back in the day, it was actually pretty easy to just like show up to a regional tournament and play in it. Now it's like there are all these like things you need to go, uh, you know, sign up for, and it's like the barrier to entry feels a little bit higher in terms of like attending live events. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I'd like to see that maybe like decrease the barrier a little bit in regards to that. But Sword and Shield has been great, right? Because like it's a lot easier to get a competitive team now than it ever has been, right. uh, and I think that makes it a lot easier for people to get into it. So I hope they continue to like, Im you know, make those quality of life changes, which I know some are coming out in the DLC as well. So these are all good steps forward, and I hope you can just like continue to build off that momentum. Okay, and so for Cybertron, we're Cybertron next. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, man. I mean, I'll be working for a couple years, most likely going back to school, yeah. uh, you know, if, if nothing crazy happens, uh, and then go from there. I think in terms of Pokemon, I don't see any reason to really stop making content or commentating or playing, and I, I'll stop as soon as I decide I'm not happy about it and I feel like there's a better way to spend my time, right? Like, if I, if I feel like it's mentally just taxing or if it's just not fun for me, yeah. then that will be, you know, when the moment. But that moment... It comes and goes, and if it comes, you know, sometimes I'll take a break. Maybe I'll stop competing for a little bit. Maybe I'll stop making videos for a bit. But for now, I've been enjoying it a lot, so, you know, no near future plans to stop that. Uh -huh. uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. I, I think just take it one step of the way. I love the, the game space. I love, you know, the esports space. I'm you know, learning a lot in my role right now, so hopefully uh, applying more and try to do something cool in this space one day, whether it be, you know, starting my own company or, like, you know, trying to be high up in some other company. That would be cool. Um, but to me, it's always also important just along the journey to try to just like give back to the communities I've been a part of, uh, whether it be Pokemon or, you know, the like schools that I went to or the programs I was a part of. So, uh, yeah, education's always been like, I've been super grateful, uh, for, and like, I want to try to be able to contribute towards that more, whether it be, you know, one is helping people learn in Pokemon, but also like outside of the game. Uh, and like somewhere down the road, maybe I want to be a teacher someday. I don't know yet, but uh, like a, a yeah, professor, it, professor Oak. Nah, nah, <laughs> just, just uh, that. It, hey, man, if we get to a point where that can be a thing, like, like a full time professor at a college, insane, man. That'd be crazy. Switch uh, your right to in, like, so. <laughs> uh, but but for now, yeah. it's just kind of enjoying the journey. Honestly, I feel like. Uh, 
yeah, I, I was always in kind of these environments where it was always about the next step and getting to the next step. You know, uh, what college you get into and then what job you get and then and then what 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 uh, next job you get. And it's like now I'm in a position where for a while I don't have to stress out about that. And I think that's awesome because for the last like however many years of my life, it's always been what is that next mm. step. Uh, and it's good to, you know, have those goals set in mind and have that kind of in the rear view. But now that like I can like chill out not focus on that i can just like focus on like doing the best in everything that i am currently involved in you know and i, I think that's like kind of like a nice mental reset as well ah, that's super awesome man like i i'm super happy to, and i'm pumped i'm pumped to see you know where you go with this because i'll definitely have some questions about that world um for sure you know because the, the direction this is going i never thought of an esports team i don't think i'd want to run one but if if just things have just been super unpredictable as we were just talking about and so i never thought i'd try to make a website like th- these are things that you know your life just kind of exactly just, yeah you know it, it's i'm sure wolf didn't expect to be a full well maybe he did i don't know um you know joey this wasn't a part of the plan at one point so it's just right it, i don't i don't know and because i don't know it's in the cards um and if that card does rear its head then I'd definitely be coming to see the professional in that department and be like, "Hey, how do, how do we do? How do we do this?" Um, yeah, for sure, man. But um, again, thank you so much for coming on. I actually, I had no plan of where this was gonna go. I was just gonna, you know, let's show up and just let it flow. Um, and so the questions were super unorthodox. It was just, "Oh, this is, oh, I never thought of this." And so I'm really glad on my end how organic it felt and. Um, I'm sure everybody else will feel the same. So again, thank you so much for joining. No, us. for sure, man. I, I I really appreciated being part of it. Once again, you had fantastic questions. I don't know if you've ever watched the Hot Ones, like the interview series, but like, uh, it's like a series where uh, this interviewer basically like eats like hot wings and interviews his <laughs> guests. And like his it's his questions. He's like one of the best interviewers I've ever seen. It's funny because like as a like a host and a commentator for these events, like I always try to learn from him. Yeah. Uh, and I think like. As I mentioned earlier, like these things are just so much more fun to do, and the questions are organic, and like there's interesting like insight into all of it, as opposed to just like cookie cutter questions, which are fine too, because at the end of the day, those questions have to be asked as well. But I think the experience is like you know ten times more fun when it's like really interesting in depth questions that are like open ended. Ah, I've never been interviewed before, so I guess I never thought about that. But I'll take I'll, <laughs> I'll note that for the future. Well, it's, like, it's, it's a compliment to your ability to ask these really cool questions, man. So thank you. I appreciate it. Just giving the people what they want. Again, guys. For sure. VGC, the VGC Don father here that, you know, got me interested into the format. Um, also, congrats on 100. Thought like, I don't remember when I watched you, you were like 6,000. Like, it's kind of That's crazy, crazy dude. That's crazy. <laughs> like, but I know you've been at 100K for a while, but like. You know, it was just, it, it's like always, you know, to hit that milestone. We didn't even yeah, know we had that, an audience for that many people. Like, That's exactly it, man. Like, I, I, you know, I figured it would happen eventually once, like, the shadow, like, when I first started, I was like, no way, right? That'd be crazy. Like, who even is interested in VGC? And, like, I, once again, I think, like, so much of uh, my success on YouTube, I have to credit to, like, all the people I let were, like, you know, fortunate enough that were, that were willing to collaborate with me. So, like, Joey is one of the biggest ones, mm-hmm. honestly, because he was, like, one of the first big guys I collaborated with. Uh, I remember, like, I just way back in 2014, a lot of people were, like, interested in the space. I was able to work with them. Uh, and it was, it was just really cool. And I think that, like, the fact that those people were, like, willing to give me a chance when I was, like, you know, kind of a nobody in the YouTube space was really awesome. Uh, and so, 
you know, I have a lot to thank for them. And at the end of the day, you know, it was one thing that was kind of cool to see was just kind of the the wave of people that come in with every new game. So, you know, I, I knew that with Sword and Shield, there was a good opportunity to maybe finally cross that benchmark. And once again, I never really cared that much about the numbers, but like you said, 100 is yeah, like that you know, big milestone. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, man, if I if I reached 100, like, I don't care what else happens <laughs> on YouTube. Like, like I, don't, I, I don't care if no one subscribes after that. Like, that's it. You know, that's it. Uh, so it's cool because it's still growing, and that's awesome to see. Uh, and at this point, you know, I'm just more focused on... Yeah. Uh, as, I, as I really have been for a while, just like teaching people about the game, having a good time, hopefully, you know, giving them a good opportunity to have fun as well and uh, sticking to kind of this niche. Like, I, I like that. I feel like for the most part, my subscribers are just like super nice, super wholesome and just like people who like want to, you know, encourage each other as well. And I, I, I'm happy to have like cultivated a community like that. So I hope that continues to stay true. Uh, and yeah, at the end of the day, my goal is to just teach people about the game and Hopefully they can have some fun along the way. So if that's the case, then I'm happy. Hell yeah, you're doing a, a damn good job. And it's kind of random. I, I, this should have really been the first one I asked. But like to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. <laughs> uh, how the hell did you even meet Joey? Like I'm trying to think about that now. You weren't even known at all. Like were you? Did you even, did you even have a thousand subscribers when you met Joey? How did God? I actually, I like legit don't remember, honestly, man. <laughs> it's been so long did... where it's like, yeah, that's a great question. I gotta ask him because I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, I met Joey a couple of times before we became cool, just because yeah. there used to be this thing called a smoke on Wi Fi battle finder, and that's how you get like singles battles. There was no like, yeah, like PO, but there was no real place to find Wi Fi battles, and so. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, "How the hell do you did you even?" Because Joey wasn't even in the VGC, so where the? But yeah, I have to. Yeah, definitely let me know the update on that. <laughs> I'll have him when he's on. I'll, I'll ask him how y'all met. Yeah, for sure, man. But um, all right, guys, that was actually the last question. I know y'all are like, <laughs> "Okay, Jim." Um, but nah, nah. Thanks again, bro. And uh, guys, his link will be in the description. If there's anybody, um. I mean, Wolfie are killing it in the space. Uh, I think Wolfie's entertaining factor definitely pulls a lot of people um, and, and, you know, makes him, like, obviously, Cybertron is entertaining as well. Um, and so I think it's just a beautiful time to be a Pokemon player. So definitely click the link in the description down below. Do you have a playlist that they can go to? They're just like, this is VGC, go learn kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I think like the the first video that you see if you're not subscribed to the channel is like a team building video, so that's like a good kind of foray into the, into just what competitive VGC is. And otherwise, I do like battle videos every day. So if that's something that's kind of up your alley, which I'm sure it is, if you know you're subbed uh, yeah. to Gem, then uh, <laughs> hopefully you know that'll be entertaining as well. But yeah, it's definitely uh, you know it's a, it's a more niche field I'm, and like you said you know it's it's more focused on kind of like educational content so there's more stuff i want to do and maybe when time permits and you know there's like new avenues of content i want to explore but for now i kind of stick to my niche content because i know people watch it i know it's there uh, and it's you know easy to do as well so hopefully i uh, some somewhere down the road when i find some more time you know try to do some new new kind of content on youtube and you know further create both educational and uh, entertaining content but for now you know there's some base content there to check out so hopefully you come along yeah and you will not be disappointed trust he's the only <laughs> again you and joe your only competitive channels i watch so hey bless you man thank hey, you so much i really do appreciate if that if i watch it guys you already know it has to be fire con you know i don't watch bullshit you know you know the same thing. <laughs> but nah 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 uh definitely go visit i know i'm like <laughs> 
a tenth of your channel size. But check out his channel and go subscribe to his stuff. Amazing, 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 amazing content. And VGC is actually pretty fun, guys. I'm just too lazy because I like to be good. <laughs> I like to be like the best at the things I use my time for. And I can't play VGC and be losing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to. So I'd have to dedicate a ton of time, which I'm not willing to do at the moment. And that's the only reason I don't go into VGC. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's it, guys. So don't ask. Uh, I won't be playing Cybertron to get whooped. I'm not. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. All right, guys. And peace. Take it easy.